but if you don't, you can listen to the reading of God's Word. And this is very important tonight as we uh, come. We're going to pray for the sick tonight. We're going to anoint with oil and pray the prayer of faith. But the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's Word. And you might find just for the first few moments here that I'm quoting just a lot of scriptures. And the reason why I do that is because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's important tonight if we just uh, open your ear and allow God to speak into your heart by the Spirit of God. He would generate faith in your heart, in your life tonight. You're in this room and you're not saved. You don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your own and personal Savior. You're here in this room tonight. Then I believe by the power of God's Spirit, not by the will or the persuasion of man, but by the power of the Spirit of God, that God in an instant can open a heart, even the hardest of hearts, God can speak into that life. And the greatest miracle, the greatest miracle that can happen in this room tonight is the miracle of salvation. That is the greatest miracle. And if you're saved, say amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to be saved. That is the greatest miracle that can happen to your life, to be born again of the Spirit of God. And if you're not born again, I'm not talking about being religious, I'm not talking about starting to come to church, I'm not starting about cleaning yourself up, I'm talking about that new birth where a man or a woman or a young person's repented of their sin, give their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's come into their heart by faith. He changes that life. Verse we often quote here, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. Praise the Lord. Everything becomes new. It's great to be saved. That is the greatest miracle that can happen in your life tonight. And I pray that God by His Spirit would speak to hearts Speak to individuals tonight, and as we come to pray for the sick, we're just looking at the Scriptures tonight and believing the Lord for this meeting. God knows every need in this house, knows the need in every life and every family, and we know that God is greater than our greatest need. He's the Almighty God, and we just trust Him tonight. Isaiah chapter 53, prophet Isaiah, several hundred years before the Lord Jesus Christ and His birth and His life and His uh, sufferings and his, his crucifixion and his death, and praise the Lord, his resurrection. Isaiah the prophet, these Old Testament prophets, received the word of the Lord and penned these words in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 4. And we, uh, we quoted it this morning, we heard it sung this morning on Isaiah 53 and 4. Surely, speaking of the Lord, surely he has borne our griefs. And carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. We know the Lord have blessed the, the reading of his word tonight. What a prophecy! Concerning the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, if, if you want to follow the Scriptures, I'll go through them. I'm, Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 6 it says these words again it's concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. I give my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. This is a prophecy concerning the person, the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ leading him to Calvary. 
says again, I give my back to the smiters. Remember we just read Isaiah 53, that the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Jesus Christ was born, God's only Son, only begotten Son, born around 2,000 years ago, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life. His whole purpose was to go to Calvary. Calvary for mankind, Calvary for you, for me, to die on that cruel cross. You remember these prophecies that we're referring to tonight, but if you go over into Matthew chapter 27, Matthew chapter 27, verse 26, and again, I'll not read the whole, the whole account, but just here, Matthew 27, 26, it says, Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when they had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified, scourged. That's when he was laid across a rock, fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah 50 and verse 6 and 53 and verse 5, that by his stripes we are healed. And the Lord Jesus Christ willingly gave himself across that rock, and those Roman soldiers began to ply those, those whips across his back, and the blood of the precious Lamb of God began to flow down that rock that day. Friends, I want to tell you, he purchased our healing through his sufferings. What a Savior. It's the fulfillment of Scripture. When Peter began to write these words, if you turn over to the epistle of Peter, 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, looking back on the cross, but encouraging the saints in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21, Peter writes these words, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ has suffered, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was revived, revived not again, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes... He says, you were healed. It's already been paid for 2,000 years ago through the sufferings of Christ, through the crucifixion of Christ. But glory to God, He rose again the third day triumphant. What a Savior. What a Christ tonight we have. As I said already, the greatest miracle that can happen in this room is not someone physically dead being raised or someone in a wheelchair being raised or a disease being cured, the greatest miracle that can happen here tonight is a man or a woman or a boy or a girl gets saved. That's the greatest miracle that can happen in any life. Jesus said, Fear not them that kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. You know, when we all die at one point of the Lord tarries, you're either going to go to heaven or go to hell. For the Christian, praise the Lord. It's a wonderful thing. We've sung about it tonight. When we pass through that veil, we have been, we're absent from the body. We're present with the Lord. Paul actually said it's far better. You know, I hear a lot of people in the world that aren't saved that say it'd just be far better for them to go. I tell you, it's not far better. It's an awful thing to die in your sin. To die without Christ, to die without hope, but to die with Christ in your heart, to die saved tonight. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, it's far better. 
It's far better. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that's going to be. When we all see Jesus, we're going to sing and we'll shout the victory. No more death. No more sin. No more curse. No more disease. No more separation. No more tears. The former things have passed away. It's going to be amazing when we get to heaven. Isn't it? Isn't it going to be wonderful? You're looking forward to heaven, saints? Far better. When Jesus began his earthly ministry 2,000 years ago, at around the age of 30, in Luke chapter 4, and verse 18, this is what he said. Luke 4 and verse 18. Allow the word of God just to generate faith in our hearts. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken in heart, to preach deliverance to the captive, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Praise God tonight. This is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has come, the anointing is the gospel for the poor, that is spiritually poor, and healing for the broken in heart. You know, healing is not just those that are have got incurable disease, but it's not only in the body, it's also in the mind, it's also in the spirit, it's also in the emotions, it's also in the mental capacity that when God touches a life by the power of the Holy Spirit and healing flows, that He is able to make you completely whole. He paid for it all. In Matthew chapter 4 and 23, just to look a little bit at the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest ministry on earth, Matthew 4 and 23, says that Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all manner of sicknesses and all manner of disease among the people. All includes all. No exclusions. No separating out. He healed all manner of sicknesses and healed all manner of disease among the people. To have a little glimpse into one of those, uh, as it were, campaigns, I would say, over in Matthew chapter 8 is one of my favorite, but Matthew chapter 8 and verse 14, we just get a little glimpse into this wonderful ministry. He said there, and it says there in Matthew 8, 14, and when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother led sick of fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered unto them. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed, possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself, took our infirmities, and bare our sicknesses. The Bible tells us that Jesus was anointed. Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. But I tell you tonight, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What a Savior. When he sent out the 12, we looked at it this morning, the very first commissioning service of 12 men to go out and reach the world, as it were. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 7, this is what Jesus said. As ye go, preach, saying, 
Matthew 10 and 7, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then this is what he instructed them to do. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils freely. You have received, so freely give. When he sent out the 70, we're in Luke chapter 10. If you want to follow this, Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. I just want to read these verses. Hopefully generate faith in our hearts. Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. When he sent out the 70, it says that after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also, sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whether he himself would come. Therefore he said unto them, The harvest truly is great, the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. He further gives them some instruction and just movement down for time's sake into verse 8. And he said, And into whatsoever city ye enter, they receive you, eat such things that are set before you. And then verse 9 he says, And heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, that the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. When we move over into the Great Commission in Mark chapter 6, Mark chapter 16, sorry. When we move into the Great Commission, I want you to follow this, it's important. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. And after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven, sat on the right hand of God, and they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Did the early church practice what they were commissioned to do? Well, of course, we have the Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Holy Ghost through the Apostles. And when we turn over into the book of Acts chapter 3, after the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, when 120 men and women and young people were filled with the Holy Ghost. And now it says here in Acts chapter 3, you know, when I was a boy, I was taught this is a song. It was a great song. And then I got older and I taught it to my sons. And uh, Jack is here. And when Jack was a wee fella, we used to act this out in our living room. And he'd be the lame man, and I'd be Peter and John. I was both, but it's just only one of me. And Jack would pretend he's the lame man, and always he's, he's sliding down the chair now. But he'd pretend he's the lame man, we're not going to do it tonight, son, don't worry. But he would lie on the ground, and he would pretend that he's asking for money. And I'd say, well, Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way. He asked for alms. He held out his hands. And this is what Peter did say. What did he say? Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And what did he do? He went. Walking. Do you want to act it out? <laughs> he went walking and leaping 
and praising God. I want to tell you, friends, not just a song, but a reality. The man laid at a gate. And Peter and John came to that temple, lame from his mother's womb, lying there without hope. You without hope tonight, destitute, abandoned. And two men came along, servants of the Most High God. They said, we don't have silver and gold, but we do have something we've freely received from him and we're freely going to give it. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. At that moment, the power of God came down on that lame man. The power of God went into those ankles. And in that moment, that man rose up upon his feet. And glory to God, he went walking and leaping and praising the Lord. Oh God, has he changed? Surely he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just one touch. You know, that little woman just said, if I could but touch, if I could just but touch the hem of his garment, I know I'd be made whole. Get beyond all the commotion and all the religion and all the ideologies, but just a simple faith and a heart in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. If I could but touch the hem of his garment. You know what happened? She touched the hem of his garment. And you know what happened? She was made whole. Paul the Apostle said in Romans chapter 15 and 19, the great missionary to the Gentile world, he said these words, Romans 15 and 19, through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Elocrim, I have fully preached the gospel of Jesus Christ with mighty signs and wonders. No signs and wonders are for the church of Jesus Christ. And I can guarantee you this tonight, there'll be no fake healings, there'll be no trying to make something happen, there'll be no commotion. I want to tell you tonight, friends, God touches a life in this room tonight. You'll know it, and you'll know it for sure, and you'll testify of it that God has not changed. We're admonished in the Scriptures as the church, and this is an important Scripture, James chapter 5 and verse 14. And of course, we're coming into times where a lot of people have different views and different things, but I see nowhere in the New Testament, nowhere in the New Testament, where the gifts or the demonstration of the power of God ceased. Now, you might hear preachers say that they believe that they're going to have a tough job preaching that and proving that from the Scriptures. And also, if they were here preaching tonight, they're going to have a tough job proving that in this church. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> Not only theologically is it going to be tough, actually impossible, to be honest with you. I do admire some of those great men, I do. But when they come to this point, that which is perfect, when that which is perfect has come, you, you do know that that's not the canon of Scripture. That's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what that is. Prophecy will cease when, when He comes. 
That's when it will cease. We're looking through the glass darkly, but then face to face. So James says, for all the elders across the body of Christ today, James says we should practice this in faith. Verse 14, is any sick among you? Is there anyone sick here tonight? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, deliver the sick, heal the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Divine healing, and it's divine healing, divine healing is only found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is an integral part of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This divine healing that he paid for through his sufferings, through his scourgings on that rock, the Lord Jesus Christ, there is provision in the atonement for any man or woman that needs the healing power of God to come in faith and believe. You know, it's very important at this point to say this. And I believe it is important. You know, the Bible says it's appointed on the man once to die. So I want to let you know something in case you didn't already know. Everyone in this room, if the Lord tarries, you're going to die. That doesn't seem very encouraging. Maybe you felt, well, it was coming for something better than this. But I want to tell you, one day all of us, through some form of sickness, most likely will take sick and will die. That in no way diminishes the truth and the reality of God's Word that there is healing in the atonement. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's so important to know that tonight because we have had some of the most precious saints among us that have taken ill and they've died and they've been promoted to glory and they wouldn't come back because they're in the presence and in the glory of God at this time. And we appreciate very much seeing the grace of God. I mentioned it in the walk of their families that were here behind and they're looking on to Jesus for that great reunion day. So it's very important tonight to know that it's God's business to heal and it is God's business to save and it's only God to do that. Some of us will get sick and die, but glory to God, we've gone home. It's far better. Let me tell you what it is for the believer. It's win, win. We can't lose for winning. Isn't that right? But you'd find it very difficult in this room tonight. Very difficult that what we're talking about and what we're preaching and teaching on tonight is not for today. It's, going to be, it's actually impossible to do that in this room. Because sitting among us in this room, there, whether maybe you're visiting with us, you don't, aren't aware of this, most of us are, but sitting among us across this gathering, across this con congregation tonight, I don't want to embarrass anyone, but I believe it's important that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. And it's wonderful to have a testimony that you're saved. And it's wonderful to have a testimony of the healing power of Almighty God. And we're blessed in this church because God has moved in healing power. We have proven, listen to me, this is not a gimmick or theatrics, please. It really isn't. It's just a reality. We have proven medical impossibilities in this room. Isn't that true? We have proven 
medical impossibilities sitting in this congregation tonight. Miracles of the grace of God. Miracles of the healing power of God actually sit among us. That have sung the praises of God tonight and lifted their hands and rejoicing to God that what He's done in their lives not only has saved them, but glory to God, He's healed them. That our, that our God is a healer. And we, we've looked at that from Scripture tonight, but also tonight I want to just point out a few, for a few moments before we, before we come to pray for people that in this very room tonight there are people that can testify to the wonderful healing power of God. Isn't that right? Jonathan was healed of epilepsy. Isn't that right, Jonathan? Stand up, Jonathan. This is Jonathan, in case you don't know him. Jonathan, were you healed of epilepsy? Yes. What age, son? Nine. Nine years old. The Lord Jesus Christ touched that life and he can thanks, John. It's not a gimmick tonight. I'm not trying to be... It's not theatrics tonight. I'm just letting you know that there's people that sit among us that were healed by the power of God. Oh, Lord, help me say this one. There's a lady sitting right at the front of this church who was healed of idiopathic intracranial hypertension. How was that? Leanne, would you stand up? Long was it? Tell us about that. Oh, the yeah, Father, send them to notice her mirror, still, but the hand of Jesus touching her and everything. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Leanne. Amen. I remember getting a little message one time, going back a few years now. The young lady's here. I'm not going to ask her to stand, but I'm certainly going to ask her mommy to stand. She was born with a hole in her heart, Sarah. And Hannah is leaning on her wee shoulder. Sarah, would you tell us about that? Yeah. yeah. My youngest daughter was born with a hole in her heart. And for days and days and days, I couldn't even read my word. I just sat on the end of my hospital bed and they took her and they took her down and they brought her back. They took her down to that. But there were faithful brothers and sisters praying and fasting for her. And then with two weeks, she was here. The doctors denied it. They said, whatever you did is well. But it is a power of the living God. It is a power of the living God that my daughter sits here today, clothed and in her right mind and not needing surgery and living a normal life. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Lee, not going to embarrass you. I know I put you on the spot. But even recently we heard from Lee how his eyes were healed from that degenerative, the optic nerves. I, I sat in the, in the reception area and prayed until it was called. 20 minutes later it was called. And then the eyes uh, passed the, the test from the, the, the letters. I read from third from the bottom. She couldn't understand it. She sent me then down to do uh, an optic test, which is a noise like you were going to click everything to see the light come from the side. I scored 100%. They then, she went away, came back to the consultant to see you. So he said, put me back in the reception area again. Uh, I lived with her again, kept my faith going. And he called me in. And the first thing he said to me was, have you had an operation somewhere? I said, no. He said, you sure? I said, I haven't been to Target. I'm thin. <laughs> he said, well, he said, the back of your, he, he, he actually showed me. He says, there's your last. 
Lord's able. And then in recent years, Stephen, remember so clearly how the Lord intervened in his life. Stephen, you tell us about that moment when God healed you. Psalm 34 says, The Spirit of cried, and the Lord heard him, and the Lord delivered him, and the Lord healed him. I was diagnosed with a blast cancerous tumor in my thighs. They told me I've been there for 12 years. It was six centimeters big. They told me it wasn't really good for me. They said my bowel was very badly disease as well. And they had the operator on me right away. And they took me down, they opened me up, and took everything that was in my stomach out. But they couldn't find any tumour. There was nothing. They found absolutely nothing. They found a very healthy bowel. They found no tumour. And they put everything back up again and stitched me up. It's a miracle. I know that people in here prayed and prayed for me. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I know there's many. We could be here a long time because I know there's many more that can testify tonight of God's healing power in their lives. It's real. It's real. And we thank the Lord tonight for these testimonies. These are, these are real testimonies of God's healing power and lives in this room. You know what's so important? I believe it's critical because there's a few things that I just want to mention as we're coming to pray because there can be hindrances to healing. Maybe this isn't often. Maybe you've sat and watched some of the big shows and everything else and they'll never talk about these things and people would see it as something negative. But I, I just want, I believe it's important for God to move by His Spirit tonight that, that God would touch lives in this room. One of the hindrances is unbelief. It's a great hindrance to the moving of the Spirit of God. In Mark chapter 6 and verse 1, He went out thence, came into His own country, and His disciples followed Him. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. Came into His own country, and His disciples followed Him. Verse 5, it says these, these words. Listen to these words. It says, He could do no mighty work, See if he laid hands on a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled. He marveled because of their unbelief. Didn't believe. Didn't believe. There's the Lord in the midst of them. There's the Almighty God amongst them. There he is coming with all his glory and all his power and all his splendor to heal their sicknesses, to deliver them from their oppression. And it says that he could do no mighty work because of their Unbelief. Lord, I pray tonight that every heart in this room would have faith in it to believe God. Lord, forgive us for our unbelief. Forgive us for putting you into a theological box. Lord, forgive us for limiting the Holy One of Israel. May all unbelief be purged out in this room tonight to believe God for the miracles that are needed. Another hindrance to healing is the word unforgiveness. Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, if you follow it, verse 24, is what Jesus said, Mark 11, because sometimes sickness is called through unforgiveness. Or caused. Mark 11, verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, what, 
What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe it, ye receive them, and ye shall have them when ye stand praying. Forgive if ye have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Unforgiveness is a great hindrance to the Holy Ghost. Unforgiveness. Great hindrance to the Holy Ghost. Is you being right more important than your healing or someone else's healing? You being right, is that more important than someone else's healing or your healing? In James chapter 5 and verse 16, James writes and says, Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another. Then do what he says next. That you might be healed. No, we need, we need to heal the healing streams to flow through the body of Christ. Healing. A lack of discernment to the body can also cause sickness. We come around the table. The Bible tells us that we're to examine ourselves and eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, listen to this, for this cause many are weak and sickly among you and some sleep. But if we would judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. Brothers and sisters, there are some aspects of healing that's not just that we anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith, but is the heart right? Is the unforgiveness dealt with? Is the unbelief dealt with? Are we discerning our brothers and sisters correctly? Is it more important that you're right or that the healing power of God flows in this room tonight? Friends, I want to tell you, I just want God to move. I want Him to move. Bible tells us in James 1, I'm closing in a minute or so, James 1 and verse 5 says these words, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given unto him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. If we're going to ask, we're going to ask in faith. Nothing wavering. Just believe in the Lord tonight. Brothers and sisters, there's only one healer in this room tonight, and it's certainly not this man standing addressing you. There's only one healer, and his name's Jesus. He's the healer. But we come in faith, believing in his word, trusting in him alone, that he is able to heal a life that's riddled with, with disease or or hearts that are broken, or minds that are troubled, or even those that are in this room tonight that are tormented by, by devils. I mentioned it this morning. There, there's some in this room tonight and they're possessed of the devil. God's able to set you free tonight in the name of Jesus. You're, you're tormented. You don't know what the truth is. You've never been able to tell the truth. That's, that is a demonic spirit. And tonight, the spirit of truth, that is Jesus Christ, He's able to set the captive free. If the Son shall make you free, you're free indeed, praise the Lord. And God is able to heal the broken in heart. He's able to mend those emotions that are troubled. He's able to bring peace to a troubled life. And He's able to heal those that are sick in body. He's a wonderful Savior. Brothers and sisters, the Lord 
Jesus Christ is still the same. He has not changed. Men change. Churches change. Statements of faith change. Councils vote like we've seen this week. They vote on this and vote on that. Change the word. I tell you, you can't change the word of God. It's forever settled. Word of God is true. God is true and let every man be a liar. But there's one in this room tonight. The Bible says where the twos or threes are gathered in his name. There he is. Right in the midst. You're here tonight. You're here because you're believing God for your healing. He is your healer. We'll anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith. But it is only Jesus that can heal. And I want you to listen to me, brothers and sisters. Some have gone through terrible suffering. The demonstration of the power of God has been manifested in their life. The grace of God has been so evident. It was Paul that prayed three times that the thorn in his flesh, it was some form of ailment in his physical body, that it would be removed. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm not God. I can't make it all happen. I can't work it all out. But I know God's in control. I know he is. We come tonight with faith in our hearts and say, Lord, I give you this life afresh. Lord, would you touch my life? And we pray for you and anoint you with oil. There's nothing. Can I tell you, friends? No, it might be a fancy wee bottle, but it's only, it's only olive oil. There's nothing in the oil. There's no special potion. There's nothing in the men that will pray for you. It's not in us. It's not in a church. Can I tell you, it's only in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. God heals a life in this room tonight. Glory be to God. All the glory goes to him. We'd never touch the glory. All the glory belongs to Jesus. The glory of what he's done in Stephen's life, what he's done in Lee's life, what he's done in young Hannah, and what he's done in Leanne tonight. All the glory goes to Jesus. All belongs to him. He's a wonderful Savior, but he is a wonderful healer. And that healing, that healer is here tonight. Paid for it all. And those Roman soldiers put that body over that, that rock willingly. He laid that life down. And as those whips came down over his back, that precious blood began to flow. Well, I tell you, friends, by his stripe, Peter says, we were healed. We were healed. What a Savior. What a Savior. It still flows today. We're going to come before the Lord tonight.